0: Guys, this is Succession, this is HBO, if you don't want to hear me talking about Logan Roy talking about then don't listen to this, there are bad language words in this show. Hello, and welcome to the Rubberneck the Trainwreck episode of Slate Money Succession. Where we're going to talk about episode seven, Kendall's catastrophic birthday party. I'm Felix Salmon of Axios. I'm here with Emily Peck of Fundrise. Hello. And we have a very strange stranger coming in to join us. <laughs> Actually, we, know, we have dragged Stacey on. Stacey <laughs> Maria Ishmael, welcome. Hi. We finally managed to get you onto the Succession show and we've made you watch like, I don't know how many seasons of Succession to get up to speed on this one.
1: It's all right. Again, weekends, baby. What a trooper.
0: So Stacey's going to join us to talk about Kendall's Hudson Yards 40th birthday party and all of the crazy that goes on there. It's coming up on Slate Money Succession.
1: This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24 7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quitgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.
0: Hello, Stacy. Hi. Welcome. I'm very excited to have you on because um, this is more or less what happened at your 40th birthday, right? <laughs>
1: I'm not going to tell anybody how old I am, but hard pass. It absolutely was not what happened at any birthday that I've ever had.
0: (laughs) Emily, what do we make of Kendall's 40th birthday party?
2: Uh, I mean, this was just like...
0: Where was Josh Aronson? I thought Josh Aronson was going to show up, but he didn't show up.
2: I mean, he might have been there. There's a lot of name dropping and a lot of implying that a lot of famous people are at this party, but we don't really see many of these people except for... um, Lucas Madsen, the Gojo founder who's at the party in the treehouse. But this is is the poor little rich boy episode. This is like Kendall's, you know, feeling sorry for himself, having a tantrum in the present room episode with the bow on the motorcycle, but he just wants his kid's gift, breaking down, having a tantrum. Like, we all knew Kendall was going to kind of crash and burn this season. And like, here's how he did it, is how I was looking at it.
0: I mean, I feel he's crashed and burned, like, in every single episode this season. Like, this is just the season of, of Kendall having a series of just crashes. Meanwhile, it's the season of Roman just, like, kind of coming into his own and being, like, vaguely useful for a change.
1: But also horrifying. I mean, there were at least <laughs> three different things he did in that episode. That was, like... Hashtag what the fuck? <laughs> it's just like my guy.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean Roman in a bathroom seems to be the thing, right? How many scenes have we had with Roman in a bathroom? And like it's where he comes into his own.
2: Yeah, I mean I said it in the in the last episode with Taffy that Roman has a bathroom thing. And then we actually after we got done. Recording that episode, I went and watched this episode like right after. I was like, I have to know what happens in the birthday. And I could not. I almost wanted to like get back on the Zoom with you guys and be like, did you see Roman <laughs> in the bathroom urinating on the mobile phone? What was that? He does <laughs> deals in the bathroom now. Is this a real thing? Is this the most bro tech thing that's ever happened? Um, it's up there. This is how Roman wins and Shiv loses just because he can go into the bathroom and she can't? Is that what's going on?
0: I mean, like, so there are so many different layers of VIP room in this this episode. Like, the whole party is like an ultra VIP party, and there's the clipboard iPad person at the front door asking everyone to give up their phones. And then within the VIP party, there's, like, the VIP room, which you need to be able to get into. And then within the VIP room, there's the VVIP treehouse. And then someone connected to the VIP room is the VIP bathroom and then the V and then so like what happens is that Roman sort of extricates Lucas from the VVIP treehouse, moves him into the bathroom which is even more exclusive because there's no one else in there and that's where the deal happens. And then magically at the end of the episode, he's already managed to procure himself like another cell phone so that he can call his dad and crow about having got the deal done.
2: Oh, you think it was a different one? I just thought he like wiped it off and it was fine. But I, I don't I didn't think <laughs> too deeply about it. <laughs> um, but before we talk more about the episode, I sort of want to hear all about Stacy's I want to hear Stacey's succession thoughts and big picture take because I'm so happy you're here with us. And I just want to know, everything you think about this show. And also, I'll just set this one more thing up. I also want to know what you guys think of all the backlash that I'm seeing on Twitter about this show. People say it's bad now, and I want to know also what you think of that. So go ahead, Stacey.
1: When I was working in Silicon Valley and the show Silicon Valley came out, I tried to watch a few episodes, and I couldn't because it was too much like work. And I feel um, similarly about succession where I find it hard to be entertained by this show because too many of these people are like archetypes <laughs> of actual people in media. And too many of these conversations, I feel like our conversations, I've had the excruciating opportunity to overhear at different, you know, horrifying, unpleasant dinner parties and conferences and other stuff like that. So to me, it's like, there's this weird combination of, of hyper realism, but also both high and low comedy, where, you know, and I don't know if this is something that people are reacting to in season three, but I do feel like there's this underlying, uncomfortable self-awareness in terms of the fourth wall that the show is very aware of its own ridiculousness and in a way brings the audience into that ridiculousness in a way that I find fascinating. I, I mean, I was really thinking about that in when... Tom was, like, losing his mind and, flip- and literally flipping tables. <laughs> and you were like, what, what is happening with this energy and this, and this dynamic? And it, it makes the show feel like I'm watching, like, a suspense film or almost a horror where you're like, do the people in the show know they're going to get killed? <laughs> like, because I feel like I know that they're going to get killed, but do they? It's confusing. Um, and then I also, for the purposes of this podcast, binge-watched. A lot of episodes in a very short amount of time, and so I think consuming horrifying wealthy people in media in you know aggressive weekend bursts probably colored my interpretation of of how this is for others.
0: Stacey, do you see a difference in tone between this season and the first two seasons? Because I do. I think this one is it's narrower. It is more, like, I feel I really need to watch every episode twice in order to understand what, like, what they're doing. Like, they've picked the low-hanging fruit of, like, you know, we're going to make a movie about Rupert Murdoch kind of thing. And now they're, like, getting into the gritty of it in a way that doesn't reward the sort of slightly more superficial viewing that maybe would have been rewarded in the first season.
1: Yeah. I mean, I I also feel like the writing is more nuanced in that way. Like the, you know, Shiv dancing chaotically, (laughs) but then having Roman sort of again, in this like self-conscious slash self-aware way, be like, what were you trying to like dance out your feelings? I think that there's there's something interesting happening with the writing where it's being referential and textured and layered in a way that I didn't get the same impression
2: of in the first two seasons.
0: I think that's right. There's, there's a lot of history they need to work around now.
2: And it feels like the first two seasons, you were kind of propelled by suspense, like what's going to happen? But now we see that actually... Not that much is going to happen. Like these, these people are stuck in some kind of hell circle where they're just fighting all the time for their dad's attention, and that's really probably not going to change in any material way. There's no conclusion to this story. It's just sort of like an endless cycle. Like even when something kind of good happens, it's not good as as Tom kind of shows us in this in this episode where he's like freed from his prison. He's not going to prison. He's kind of happy about it. But by the end of the episode, he's like taken the wrong drugs and feels bad. And he's doing. <laughs> he's being an, he's
1: being a terrible person in the compliment tunnel. Yeah.
2: He's being so mean in the compliment tunnel. <laughs> <Who> could,
0: <laughs> how awful is because, that? Cause he's taken too, too much cocaine. But yeah, I think you're absolutely right that we, we have resolved the question of the title, right? We know, who the successor is and the answer is no one it's going to continue to be logan he's going to stay in charge and we have resolved the big question of like who's going to win the proxy war will they lose control of the company no they won't lose control of the company there's no big like overhanging like i need to watch this show to find out what happens anymore because we know we already know what's ha- what happens and so now it becomes a, you know as stacy says like you know a much more sort of detailed filigree of interpersonal you know stilettos you know the people Ooh, sticking yeah, knives into word. each other and um and that and that is definitely a different kind of show and 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 to your point as well i think the Um, the other thing that's happened in this season is that we've had this series of episodes with a guest star. So we had like one episode with Marsha and then we had one episode with Josh Aronson. We had one episode with Lucas Madsen and we had one episode with um, Minkin, the fascist, you know, and now, and and like it's becoming increasingly obvious that these are not going to be sort of naturally recurring characters. And it's just like, you know, we bring this person in for one episode and then they disappear. And that, doesn't make for like so much fun continuity either
2: yeah that's such a good point like last season season two we had holly hunter coming back episode after episode and she had like an interesting arc and she was a character you can get behind and you keep thinking with these episodes oh we can get behind josh aronson this is going to be fun no he's gone yeah and now alexander sarsgaard shows up and is peeing on roman's phone but you're like an "Eh." app on a phone of course he probably won't come back again like why do I need to care? Like, they're compelling, but it's not enough for a TV show. You need the continuity. It feels like every episode is a bottle
1: episode. Yes. And the, the whole thing is just that, like, the, the characters are mostly the, inter, the dysfunction of the interpersonal relationships in a, more, in a
2: much tighter
1: world than previously.
2: It could be a function of filming in a pandemic, to be fair, right? I mean, Taffy kind of talked about that a little bit, but there are all kinds of constraints Put upon. I mean, show they had a bunch make. of people at a party. <laughs> That's true. This party was so bad. Can we talk about it?
0: Yes. Yes. <laughs> tell, tell me. Tell me the ways in which the party was terrible.
2: It just okay. So this is Kendall's birthday party, and I know this because there was um, a sign up. Did you guys catch the sign? It was um, no, the notorious Ken, ready to die. Is the scroll on the building outside? Outside the party.
0: Because he was going to crucify himself.
2: (laughs) Yeah. So all that's really bad. But like. While singing Billy Joel. But like no one's having fun at the party really. Like no one's having fun at the party as far as I can tell. People look bored. Like when you go. It reminded me of like early aughts like um, dot com bubble kind of parties. Where everyone was kind of there for work and like getting drunk. But like it wasn't really fun in any way. And like Kendall himself walks around the party. No one seems to even care that he exists. No one's coming up to him being like, "Hey, man." Happy I birthday. thought that was such an
1: amazing dramatic choice to have him. he had he didn't have a single meaningful interaction with anybody other than his siblings. Yeah. And his assistants for the entirety of that episode. Like there was like one scene when he was walking past the staircase and like somebody like kind of did a toast after he did a toast to them. But it wasn't clear that any of these people even knew that it was his party. (laughs) Yeah. Like that that was the level of distance.
0: (laughs) There's that wonderful scene where 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 Shiv is like, go on, tell us who's here. And he goes, Who isn't? And then they're like, all the three siblings like start piling on. They're like your dad, your mom, your wife and kids. Yeah, that was amazing. It was it got
2: him. That's
1: the that lotto that Felix mentioned. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and then that amazing way in which like Connor managed to work out that the single best way to just really fucking get under Kendall's skin would just be to keep his coat on the whole time. And like Connor becomes expecting... the, the cruel one.
1: I kept expecting a reveal. Like by the end, I was like, what's under the coat? Is it a gun? Like what's happening here? <laughs>
0: just- <laughs> no, it was literally, it was literally just a way for him to needle Ken. And Connor has always been the least needly of the siblings, right? He's always been the, I mean, he's terrible, but he's not been an expert <laughs> it's at like being bar. particularly mean to any of the others. And this was just him saying, all right, you know, this is time for me to just like poke Kendall's buttons in the way that, you know, an older brother knows how to do.
1: But did he, like, was this, if in the mind of Connor, was this a snap decision when he realized there was a coat shack? Did he go there planning not to take his coat off? Just like, I, inquiring minds want to know.
2: <laughs> I felt like he had a, a standing practice.
0: Did you notice the weird, like, click, click, click thing that he did?
1: And your coat?
0: <laughs> uh, no, uh, I will remain coated, thank you, as is my right because kind of like deranged dolphin. And I was like, that was him. That was him just kind of saying, all right, I know what I'm doing here.
2: I thought it led the whole coat thing and come free the assistant who I want to talk about her rebellion in this episode. Um, but the whole, the way Willa jumps in to protect, to protect Connor and fight back against Comfrey protect trying to take... against a
1: cashmere sweater. Like, let's be clear what she's protecting.
2: He's pulling it <laughs> almost 1%. Do you know who he is? It was... 4
1: million people, Emily.
2: 4 million. <laughs> it was kind of nice. It was like they were teaming up. She was on his side. That's kind of a rare moment, I thought. Yeah,
1: Don't nobody in the it. show is on anybody else's side. That's true.
0: Well, well, no, that's actually not true. Like, what you see at the beginning of this episode, and in fact, kind of throughout the episode is that the one person who is unambiguously on Kendall's side is Naomi. And you kind of wonder why exactly. Like, how does she manage to just be so supportive without having any obvious like ulterior motives beyond perhaps like, actually, I wouldn't mind like dating a guy with $2 billion in cash.
1: Okay, so what she did kind of say, she's like, well, what would your take be? But let's... at the beginning when he's like, this seems like a good idea, right? And she's like, she gives the most insane non-answer answer. She's like, yeah, that's right. And you're like, what is right? <laughs> which part of which part of his statement about if he should be crucified singing Billy
2: Joel, are you agreeing or disagreeing <laughs> with? It was sort of a, a master class in obfuscation. I didn't think she approved of any of it. And then when he finally says he's not going to do it because it's stupid, the, the relief was palpable. And then, in fact, the PR woman says something like, thank fucking God. But everyone was very happy when he decided not to be.
0: No, he I mean, everyone knew, the knew the it crucifix. was crazy, but like, and, and obviously Naomi knew it was crazy, but she was going to be there and support him in his crazy if that was what he wanted to do. Well, well, you know, someone like Roman is just like, I'm here to watch. Rubberneck
2: the- your train wreck.
0: <laughs> Rubberneck the train wreck. Exactly.
2: And I thought there was a nice parallel when he's um, contemplating. So, so like, I guess the big dramatic moment is his father, Logan, sends him a birthday card with the word "Happy Birthday" with the words "Happy Birthday" crossed crossed out, out and offering him (laughs) offering to buy out his shares, um, which for for over two billion dollars, which in the in the language and world of Succession is insulting to Kendall. Like, in what world do you get an offer for two billion dollars and you're like? upset about it. He was upset about it, right?
0: I, I love how it was, two, it was $2 billion and $15 million. Like, we'll throw in an extra $15 million. But yeah, like, it's like, no, I mean, Kendall clearly assumes, given his relationship with his father, that anything that his father wants him to do is something that his father doesn't want him to not do. So his first reaction is to not do the thing that his father doesn't want. And then his second reaction is like, I could buy all of these newspapers
2: <laughs> but maybe Felix should we as a public service explain what's going on so only only family members could buy out Kendall do I have that right like because of the the way the shares are structured because these are class A shares or whatever only um, yeah they, the Roys they can't can, sell to people outside the family and and that's upsetting because Shiv wasn't. Shiv wanted the opportunity to be involved in this deal also because the opportunity is to get more shares of Waystar Royco, basically, to get this like primo stock in their hands away from Kendall.
0: Yeah, it's not clear, it's not clear like where those shares would go. But what Shiv was upset about was that this deal to offer Kendall $2 billion to sell his shares and go away was one that was worked out between Logan and Roman and Shiv was not involved. And she was like, how is it that I was not in the loop on this? And Roman was, and that just really pissed her off. And then on top of that, like Roman gets to, you know, play with toilets with Lucas Madsen and do a deal that way. And she's like, you know, I am technically the president of this company, but in, reality i've just been marginalized everywhere i have no role here anymore i was the one who fucking saved the company by doing the deal with you know sandy jr and now i'm just on the outside looking in what the fuck is going on and so she's you know pissed off for that reason
1: I mean, it's interesting you use the word marginalized because, you know, Roman, like, very explicitly, explicitly uses kind of the rhetorical flourish of, I'm going to take your social justice language and turn it back on you. And it's like, yeah, you know, the men got together and, like, we mansplained all of this away from you. Um, <laughs> and it was such a, there were so many pointy, sharp edge moments in that episode, but that really felt like one of the main ones because I think he was making explicit the dynamic that it's like, we see you trying to be, a man in the room, but you're not, and we're not going to, and we're like, we're going to say that out loud, you know? And it's, it's a really, in the way that her character has been presented, it seems like such a vulnerability for her where she both tries to, I don't know, like weaponize wiles while also wanting to be part of the boys club and being aware of that inherent contradiction, but hoping that other people aren't when clearly they are.
2: Yeah. This seems like the arc of the Pretty much is like Shiv thinking she's she's come in, but really she's still on the outside. And bottom yeah, line, yeah, it's very Cersei Lannister.
0: Oh well, I mean, she's clearly much more in than than Connor, right? Like you remember that whole conversation that that she had with Connor, where Connor's like, "I want a you know current affairs TV show," and she's like, "Do you want like a wine tasting show?" <laughs> like it's clear that she has, um, you know, like there, there's a pecking order right now in among the siblings where. Kendall's at the bottom because he's reached, like, rock bottom at this point. And then it's Connor, and then it's Shiv, and then it's Roman. But Roman is doing his very best, like, after having managed to, like, push Kendall to the curb to maximize the amount of space between himself and Siobhan because she's the only competition to him anymore.
2: And and this episode kind of, he it's just, like, an unabashed win for him. Like, he's walking home, he tells the car... I don't need you. I'm going to walk home. He leaves his train. I mean, obviously, the car home. did not leave because they were probably under <laughs> orders to be like, don't let that dude out of your sight.
1: <laughs> um, but it was, it was a cute detail. Yeah. Um, one of my favorite details in this episode is when there's this brief close-up shot of Matson's phone and he's playing a video game <laughs> in, in the middle of this party. And I'm like, I may or may not have done that more than one time, but it was such a good... Um, rendition of this dude doesn't want to be there. I'm not going to say the thing that he said he was there for, but he doesn't want to be there. And he's like trying to entertain himself in a, in a very introvert, nerd, Markery kind of way. I just like, I'm just going to play this mobile game while this very expensive party is going on around
2: me. Why go at all then? I didn't really get that. I mean, just to position him, I guess, as like this tech bro, the Odin of Coden or whatever, but
0: But yeah, it was also like, it's very interesting to see how Kendall approaches him, right? Because Kendall and, Kendall and Roman both like try to seduce him in their own ways, right? And Kendall is like, what would you like? I will give you anything you want. Do you want drugs? Do you want hookers? Do you want whatever it is you want? I can make it happen. He is my man. He's not a good man. You know, he does the whole speech. He's not a good guy. Um, He's not a good guy. And, and and matson is like you know okay i understand this kind of world and this kind of deal and i will take you up on that deal and fine but he doesn't really think any better of ken because of it and then roman comes in with a completely different pitch involving like would you like to piss on the app and he's like <laughs> ah that's interesting yeah, let's do that
1: also that was a like that escalation I was just like, whoa, wait, what? I think at that point I did rewind the screener. <laughs> it was just like, <laughs> I just, I just, there were two moments when I did that and that was one of them.
2: And I was like, no, no, that's, that's, that the was that sentence. Cool, cool, cool. Okay.
0: <laughs> well,
2: I mean, Kendall didn't have anything else to offer him. Roman has a big, you know, a deal to offer. And Kendall just has his party.
1: Why don't we just like take a big old piss on our app? I'm going to open up the app on my phone. And we can stream some piss on our little streaming platform. How's that sound?
0: Fuck yeah. 19, 20, mm-hmm. 21, 22. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. So I can't piss near other men due to we don't know what reason, but please
0: go ahead. And that's the only <laughs> time in the entire Enjoy. episode that Lucas shows any enthusiasm for anything, really.
2: Subject to credit approval. Terms apply.
0: This episode of Slate Money is brought to you by Wondery, which is a podcast company and it makes a podcast called The Best One Yet. And it is a daily podcast hosted by Nick and Jack, who serve up three of the most interesting business news stories every day and why you need to know them in just 20 minutes. And for more deep dive and daily business content, listen on Wondery, the destination for business podcasts, with shows like The Best One Yet, How I Built This, Business Wars, and many more Wondery Means Business. But okay, let's talk about Comfree. Yes who um <laughs> who's trying to call Springsteen to rescue the vibe and then that got countermanded and now I now she's working on a jetpack and she has to sell all of these He-Man lunchboxes on eBay and his office wants receipts
2: I was so happy <sighs> that finally someone on Succession is speaking up about the mistreatment because I don't recall any uh, this ever happening before a subordinate that low down kind of on the food chain actually getting airtime having to a speaking rule yeah. yeah beyond like an eye roll or something like this was the first time i've ever heard any of the subordinates speak up like um kendall's assistant i mean she never i, I want to know so much more about what that woman is thinking kendall's um assistant is just like so beaten down i feel like and is jess um and i'm always like when is jess gonna just like lose it on him i mean this is crazy but but finally comfrey kind of breaks that Breaks that wall down and starts complaining. And then, out of spite, she's going to go out with <laughs> Greg. That's like her revenge to go out on a date with Greg. Um, that's pretty amazing to me. Well, but, I mean, but is it? It was
1: interesting to me the, the thing that precipitated that breakdown was her realizing that Kendall thinks he owns every single part of her life, including her theoretical dating slash romantic life and not just her having to ship things on eBay with receipts live.
2: <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. It was, it was fun. I mean, no one thought this woman was going to say yes to Greg. Tom says it's like a, hun- a haunted scarecrow asking out Jackie Onassis. I mean, this is really Greg's night as much as it's Roman's. He kind of, he's so happy. And he he's totally like aware that she's probably saying yes to him out of spite and to get back at Kendall. But he doesn't care. He's still so happy about it.
0: <laughs> Greg has a good point, which is that Comfrey is much less out of greg's league then shiv is out of tom's league and so it's a bit rich for tom to kind of be like she's out of your league
2: <laughs> okay well how, how'd you get Shiv? she's out of your league oh
0: testy greg well well greg i'll tell you i got a dick the size of a red sequoia and i fuck like a bullet train okay satisfied
1: prove it no. what that is indeed <laughs> what he said he said that
0: which but also, like, and
1: then again, another weird escalation. And this was the second thing that I had to rewind or maybe the first. I can't remember the order when he was like, when Greg was like, prove it. I was like, whoa, wait, why, are, why <laughs> is there so much phallic energy <laughs> well i mean like greg, the, Gre- greg and tom is the
0: longest lasting romantic relationship in this show it's been going on for three seasons and it's like yeah. the big kiss on the forehead real. you know situation and, and like if there's any kind of meet cute weird romance thing going on in succession it's greg and tom right so wait it's not it's not, not roman and that. the
1: fascist candidate for president
0: because no, I definitely picked up dalliance. on some vibes there. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean the, Roman will 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 definitely get horny for anyone in the bathroom for sure for like one episode. But even even the Roman Jerry thing has been played down this season.
2: That's true. Everyone was kind of hoping for more of that, but there's been less of that. And meanwhile, it's the Tom and Greg relationship that keeps evolving episode to episode. Felix, did you see? Um, someone shared with us on Twitter. Someone cut together a Tom and Greg romantic comedy. They Basically, they cut scenes from Succession to make it look like a romantic comedy movie trailer.
1: Hi, Ma.
2: I sort of screwed up. <laughs> Greg. You're
1: going
0: to get a plane ticket to New York. Your great-uncle Logan's birthday, and they're having a big party. This is uh, Cousin Greg. It's Greg. No? no? I'll, I'll answer to both. I well, hear the new kid. Oh yeah. Well, I, I mean, I'm just kind of starting. Here you coming it. in? Coming in and see me, and I'll look after you. <laughs> Thanks, man.
2: It's quite good. There's a lot to work with. It's a lot of scenes where already. they're having fun <laughs> together and oh, breaking. Each where they're other's looking
0: hearts. into each other's eyes. Yeah. <laughs> breaking <laughs> each other's hearts, exactly.
2: That awkward wave he gives him at the wedding. Um, there's just a lot to work with because, yeah, they're the most real relationship in this whole thing, maybe.
0: Let's talk a little bit. Of, I want to talk a bit more about this sort of self-awareness of Ken when he comes out and he goes like, it just feels like an asshole's birthday party. And my thing from the very first meeting was it shouldn't feel like an asshole's birthday party. <laughs> but like he was literally setting it up, you know, he's gone, he's like at the beginning, he's like, I've gone anti-fragile, <laughs> which is, yeah. He's like, remember when he's like, and, and I've talked to, Hariri and Gladwell and uh, he's dropping all of these people like Gladwell and Taleb because he's like you know that guy and um and he's like but he, but that's his whole thing right when when he gets attacked on late night tv or when anyone has a bad tweet he's like everything bad is actually good this is the nature of anti-fragility he's go- he's completely delusional about what's good for him and what's bad for him it's like no actually what's bad for you is bad for you Ken. <laughs> I think he's he
2: mostly is delusional but he he always seems to have these like moments of clarity when he realizes like what a fraud he is like um was that season one with the sneakers he buys the expensive sneakers right and then he shows up to the meeting and realizes the sneakers make him kind of look like an asshole like i feel like that happens to kendall a lot like he does asshole stuff and then for a moment he's like wait I'm kind of a jerk, and then he goes back. to But just then carries on exactly. And carries on. That, that's yeah.
1: that's the thing. There's no growth. There's no growth. It's just like yeah,
0: there is there is no character, and that's one of the. But that's a defining feature of Succession, right? Is that no one has a character arc, with the possible exception of cousin Greg,
2: <laughs> and that's what makes the third like season that, yeah. so frustrating. Is there's no growth, no. No advancement, well, right? But this is
1: this is what I mean about and, then, and there's
0: no one getting like their just rewards, right? It's
2: right, because
1: in real life in media,
0: <laughs> yeah, everyone's convinced that Tom is going to jail, and then randomly Tom doesn't go to jail, and fine, and that's like just how it happens, and and she saves the company, and she gets no um, recognition for that, and that's just how it happens, and you know, Ken... Is you know crusading on the side of righteousness and just winds up like a pathetic crawling nothing and but a pathetic crawling nothing with two billion dollars, you know, a check for two billion dollars being like thrust in his hand. So you know, again, like it's it there's it's the the, the show. It reminds me of in some ways is the Wire in the way that there's no like moral to any story, right? It's just like random shit is going to be random and you, it's not like a tragedy where the bad guys win and the good guys lose and it's not like a morality tale where the good guys win and the bad guys lose it's just like chaos
2: it's more like seinfeld to me it's just like bad people doing dumb stuff that's pretty amusing no one grows and
0: plus and plus of course there aren't any good guys like everyone is terrible
2: yeah except yeah. comfrey maybe she's fine
1: no. She's going out with Greg because she's, like, mad at Kendall. Like, this is... Like I mean, I saw somebody on Twitter saying, you know, they were re-watching Home Alone and it just made them re- re- realize how terrible all the adults are in that show. And somebody else chimed in, and all the children. And I was like, yeah, this is how I feel about Succession, where every single person is just competing for, like, baddie of the moment. And, you know, Sure. Um, I know we're going to have a show about the fashion in Succession, so I don't want to do too much into this. But the way that they style Kendall is so interesting to me because it's so like, almost good. <laughs> it, it, it The way that he wears clothes is very similar to what you just said, Emily, where he, like, will pop into a moment of consciousness where you're like, that jacket could be cool if the person wearing the jacket, like, knew how to wear the jacket and didn't say things like, I've gone anti-fragile, but is, like, unable to help himself. One of the shows I love that has, I think, underrated styling decisions is Ted Lasso. And one of my favorites, the way they dress Jamie Tott in particular... Is who is this like pretty boy, louche, you know, English Premier League football player, but his outfits are so perfectly over the top. Like they are they are a person who started making millions of dollars in their 20s, has a great physique, knows they're super good looking. And is just being styled to within an like inch of their life and their hairline, but wears the clothes like a person who you would expect to be wearing those clothes. But Kendall's problem is he wears the clothes, but is evidently not the person you would expect to be wearing those clothes, and he just can't get over that disconnect.
0: Because because Kendall is it, like everything he wears is is a costume, right? None of it reflects himself. It's, it's all, he's always he's trying always something ref- on. Trying something on trying, like, you know, he's like, what kind of person do I want to be? And what kind of yeah. clothes would that person what wear? What would somebody
1: Elon wants to be friends with wear to this party?
2: <laughs> I didn't understand, though. He wanted everyone to take off their coats and jackets. But he had that jacket on the whole night. Exactly. The, but it. that's the
1: whole point. Because oh, he should he... be the only person wearing a jacket.
0: <laughs> Every so often you get like a hint of like, there might be a little hint of real candle here, like with the tree house is not something he stole from someone. It was obviously like really Kendall or the abortive attempt to like hand out canapes and He-Man lunchboxes. It's like, that's a little bit of like the real Kendall, but like it, it's always kind of weird and awkward and embarrassing. And he knows that. So he doesn't want to do it.
2: Maybe that's why he says to Roman, you're not a real person. Cause he doesn't feel like a real person either. You know, he's putting well, on costumes that, that don't fit and having parties with no friends at them. And not in touch with his real self. Nobody having any fun.
1: Just (laughs) so horrifyingly awkward the whole time. The thing about Roman that, you know, and Emily, this is going back to your question about like being a big picture character is I think he's the he plays he has the most interesting physicality on the show, Like, I know that there was this analysis of, like, Kendall for seasons one and two walked around, like, the weight of the world was on his shoulders, and he's gotten over that. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, sure, whatever. Uh, but I think with Roman, it's like he uses his body as a character, too. Like, you can tell when he's trying to wind somebody up. You can tell when he's, you know, making, like, overt, particularly sarcastic comments. And the, the way that he was just, like, sitting on the chair acting super indifferent while like shiv is having a complete meltdown i just think he's he makes really interesting physical choices um in in a way that i don't really see other characters do
0: although shiv dancing was a thing
1: that was that was definitely an interesting physical choice for sure (laughs) my my first question was like is that is that just how she dances like how much of this is acting?
0: <laughs> I don't know. No, no it's, it's how I dance. Like I'm telling you, like it's, you don't. It's just she just goes completely batshit, and it's, it's like, like people great.
2: at clubs who have done some e. So. What and Comfrey's like, what is she on? I forget who. I think he was talking to Greg,
0: and, and this Greg, right? Who's like, I don't think she's, she's on anything. Not on
2: anything. Just anger. <laughs> she's rage. Just angry.
0: Anger. Frustration. Rage. It makes you dance like. Well, like that.
2: I hope something happens with Shiv where she like has some kind of breakdown or something. Like I hope she pushes back against the confines of, of the role. She's kind of
1: She didn't push back against the fascist. No. She <laughs> took she the tried, picture with the Nazis. She She's gave a little up the side. <laughs> <laughs> like, I guess I'll just go with the Nazi, I guess. But I won't be in the picture. Woe is me.
0: Do we have any favorite lines? Emily, do you have a favorite line from this one?
2: I liked Lucas Madsen's line where he says
0: I shouldn't say anything. And the look on my face is commercially sensitive.
1: <laughs> he says while he has the world's blankest expression. Like, you know, shout out to the Scars Guards, because they are a riot, honestly.
0: <laughs> Stacy?
1: I have to resell them on eBay and his office once receipts because i thought the thing that that line did is felix you've made the point multiple times that like billionaires are really price sensitive actually <laughs> and that that's you know kind of a thing that's really weird is like they're they're actually like super penny pinching and it just was like a perfect distillation of the pettiness of someone Ordering something in the most capricious way imaginable, changing their mind and then making it the problem of the lowest paid person in the entire org structure who probably has like a studio on a sixth floor walk up somewhere that is now filled with (laughs) He-Man lunchboxes.
0: I think my favorite one I'm to, like I don't think I've ever had a favorite line from Connor but Connor came out with this wonderful line where he goes and
2: I am interested to see who comes crawling first Merkel begging for me to save democracy or Soros serenading me from the trees.
0: On some it, level he genuinely believes that shit. He thinks he's like the you know the person who can push the presidential candidate over the edge and he's going to have all of this power with all of these like important people in the world and he is Completely delusional, and it's amazing.
2: Maybe. Hey.
1: Where do people <laughs> have won pulling, elections?
2: He's falling close to one percent.
0: He's you falling know, right? more, you don't know. close to one percent. What
2: could happen? Stranger. <laughs> it's nearly four
1: million Americans. What are you talking about? <laughs>
2: <laughs> did you Did you guys catch that um, early on in the episode? I think it was Frank and Logan mentioned that they're talking to the Pierce's again about doing a deal. Did anyone catch that?
0: Yeah, I thought. I think it was. It was Logan, just like
2: just a throwaway line, casting
0: around for. I doubt. I mean, who knows? It's possible, but maybe. Maybe that's this is the reason why Naomi is the only, you know, non-family character who like has recurred in multiple episodes. Even Marsha has only been in like one or two, right? But of course, next episode we get Caroline, right?
2: That's what you say, Felix. It's the I, I think
0: matter. so. Okay. I'm 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 holding out I mean, yeah, I'm holding out for next episode being the wedding. The Tuscan wedding. Yeah, I mean it'll be fun. We will see like we will see Logan Roy dressed up in a swanky suit, like we saw him in this show. Like he was wearing a three-piece suit in this episode, which I don't think he's worn anything like that. For well he was expecting to negotiate
1: a deal thing. to save the company, right? So gotta wear appropriate is clothing. That,
0: is that, is that like what Logan Roy wears when he wants to impress Lucas Madsen? Is it a three-piece suit? Maybe.
1: But I mean, isn't that's kind of what makes the whole thing about Roman so interesting when he was like, you know, this is why I'm not your most useless child or, or whatever the phrase was,
2: is that he seems to be the only person who speaks the same language as Madsen. Yeah, Roman connects with like anti-social tech bros and fascist Nazi types. And that is his edge. You wouldn't sister. be, you would not believe how many people in Silicon
1: Valley that combination describes.
0: <laughs> it, yeah. It's the, the, these are not, these are not disjoint sets. Indeed. So who's um, Stacy? Yeah. To, to finish up, who is Lucas Madsen? Who's, who who we subtweeting here with this guy? Is he like, is he, is he like Daniel Eck? Is he? Yeah, oh That's who
1: exactly who I was thinking that he was based on. Um, the, the dude behind Spotify. Because, One, the obvious Scandinavian connection, (laughs) but two, just the fact that, you know, the thing that he says over and over again is like, my tech is better than yours, like the content deals will come later, um, was very much part of what made... Spotify so successful, like they they outplatformed everybody else in terms of the user experience, and then they were like, "I guess now we should add some more songs." Um, and that kind of single-minded commitment to the user experience, even at the expense of the artists, for example, when it comes to, like streaming rates, that that is very much who I was who I was thinking of.
0: So we're going to be back with Rachel Syme next week, which is going to be very exciting because she's the expert on all things succession behind the scenes and specifically fashion i'm very much hoping that we're going to get like a wedding next week in because the clothes choices because the clothes choices but we have we we already have enough clothes choices like just on this episode alone to be getting on with
1: it's gonna be cool it's gonna be
0: awesome stacy thanks for coming on
1: a pleasure thanks for making me aggressively have to catch up on succession
0: I only, I only put like you know 35 hours of like work on your plate and say go yeah, on yeah
1: totally fine That's what we to all of the
0: stuff, all of the things That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW proof. Void were prohibited by law.
1: See terms and conditions. 18 plus.